Are you going to do it? This week <laughs> on Reliving the Extreme, we are discussing <laughs> November to Remember 1994, and we are also live on our social medias, recording this show live and in person for those of you that would like to participate. And I'll say from the top, like I always do when we do a live, nobody ever listens, but we use <laughs> StreamYard, and you have to acknowledge StreamYard's permissions for me to see who the hell you are. Yeah, um, what's it like two steps, Nate? Yeah, you gotta it, it, you gotta it, turn your mic on and then you have to enter the studio. And and for comments, you just have to click a link saying yes, I acknowledge that StreamYard can tell who I am. Either that or I will acknowledge you as it does StreamYard user. But uh Nate Maxson, of course, here along with my brother Aaron. What's up, people? Acknowledge and, me. Acknowledge me. And Mr. Chad Austin, Chadwick Secluna, as his name tag says here <laughs> on the stream yard. The Baron. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a pleasure and a duty to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, we're gonna be discussing November, remember 1994. Oh. But first, yes, but first, let's discuss Chad's day. Apparently, Chad had a doozy of a day. Well, it's not meant to be. That's what they said. Like I think they worked for WCW in the previous in, in their in their past before. Did they, they give me you did they hear you did they hear you besmirching Scrapple? Is that I mean I think they might have got a hold of my social media pages. And they, they were looking through my social media feeds and they were like, Whoa, this guy is not a big fan of Scrapple. And then he also says that we don't rotate our milk. And yeah, they 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 got a, they got a hold of me. They got a whole dirt sheet. They got had like a whole notebook on um on stuff that I did. But they didn't even give me the opportunity to even do anything today. <laughs> Not even I walked in. They took me to the back. They're like, "Don't touch the sour cream." No, touch the cottage like, cheese. Dude, I, I tried to bump into the diet seven, diet seven up two liters, so I can like get a swig of it, bust it on the floor, and just to make sure that I didn't smell like alcohol. But uh, somebody smelled alcohol on me today. I'm not sure who it was, but apparently it was the store um, big time manager. Well, that'll do it. That'll put the well, nail I think in the he coffin. Was, I think he was wrong. I think it was him. I saw his car in Applebee's when I was walking down there. So I don't want him to be smirched my good eye, good good name and attention because he's out there. Because he he had one one too many apple martinis. Yeah, I mean, even though Applebee's don't sell you fucking shit for alcohol, he could have he could have power drank like three of them big tall drafts. It was FF Gillen. Dude, you you, you don't even be, you wouldn't even believe how funny it was like. How I didn't take any of this seriously. I'm just sitting in there, and they're like, they're, they're just like accusing me of all this shit. Like, like nothing bad. It was just that they were just like saying, you can't show up drunk. Like, it's not like we don't even care or anything. Like, you, you just can't. And he's like, we all like you <laughs> and everything, but, but we have our like, we have our like district manager in the store and you went up to him and, and you're talking to him all drunk and he could smell it. You had a miniature hanging out of your pocket. Like my shirt <laughs> pocket. I thought it was my bow tie. 
I, I thought I was wearing a green tie, but I was wearing a Jim Beam apple shot. Eh, that'll that that'll do the trick. That'll do the trick. But you know what? Maybe it was for the best. Maybe it was oh, for the it, best. You know? I mean, it ain't for the best for the bank account, but it's for the best for like. I mean, I hope that guy didn't think he was hurting my feelings. You know what I mean? Like, I hope he didn't think he was like, man, I feel bad for that guy. The dude, the dude gave me a ride home. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, you know, it was like, it was a, it was a lovely party gift. <laughs> you know, we're gonna, we're gonna terminate your career here, but I'm gonna give you. A, I said, I live two blocks behind here. Like I can walk. He's like, no, no, I insist. I insist. I love that. I insist. Like really? Like you insist on riding me home as a consolation prize? How like you could, I, you, I, you couldn't give me another, like another chance at the job, but you can give me a ride home. I see a comment. Hey, fellows, from a Facebook user. Hello. Like I said at the top, uh, acknowledge, acknowledge the Streamyard. Uh, click their little link to say who you are, to get permission to say who you are so we can see your name. Other than that, I just see Facebook users. So besides that, Chad, I know you're not going to miss the job, but we are going to miss the, uh, we are going to miss the, the conversations about the grocery store job here on the show. It was a great chapter. No, it's never going to end. Really, I'm, I'm just going to continue to go back. Yeah. <laughs> Because they, they, they didn't take any of my shirts or anything. They didn't answer any of that back. And the guy that fired me is like one of the big like district managers. So he's not even there like every day. So he's probably there today, but won't be there tomorrow. So I'll just go back tomorrow and pretend like none of this ever happened. Then I'll start putting orange juice back into the, in the rack. You know, I start doing dairy again. You're going to be like Milton on Office Space. I don't know. I've never seen I've never seen an episode of Office Space. Well, but Milton. if that's what he does, then I'll be like Milton. Yeah, he goes to work every day, but he doesn't receive a paycheck. He hasn't received a paycheck for years. He but he's still there. He hasn't figured out that he's fired yet. Oh, I, I thought that's what happened when I got hired there. Because I'm not, I'm not sure I received a paycheck. If it did, it, uh, the lovely Miss Jessica must have got somehow involved in that one. Because <laughs> it's not reflecting in my bank account. Well, like I said at the top, everybody, if you're watching this live, welcome. If you're listening on the regular podcast, welcome. We are reviewing November to Remember 1994. It's November 5th, 94 at the ECW Arena. Um, the version on the Peacock had a lot more on it than I thought it would. Like I didn't expect really? the Peacock version to have Bob Ortiz at the beginning of the show, throwing out hats um, and all that jazz. But that's what we get to start the show. Bob Ortiz and another uh, ring announcer come out. And I was like, Rocky, the two ring that's announcers? brother Rocky. That's what I was that I asked. Was, who was that Ortiz. fucking Hambo? Who was that? I, that? I, I, I put um, Bob Ortiz and some other Hambone come out. I don't know who that Hambone was. Yeah, that that's um, that, that's his brother. He's the timekeeper. That's Rocky. Yeah, I mean, believe me, 
don't don't be coming on here. This is this this is a this is a show where you can be you can be heard. You don't want the artistes to hear this. <laughs> you might not. One of us. I'm not saying anything bad about the artistes. Believe me, I love me <laughs> some Bob Ortiz. Love Bob and love Rocky. No, sir, Bob. Am I saying anything bad about them or anything? They sell the best mink coats you're ever going to get. <laughs> if you, you want to buy them in the alleyway in Philadelphia, that's fine by me. One of, our, one of our viewers says, does this mean Chad Austin is going to dust off the boots and go back to wrestling? I, I might have to. I mean, I'm not making any money there, so why can't I go somewhere else and not make any money? <laughs> No, I'm always I'm always open for bookings. Um, I don't know what I still have. I I mean, if somebody honestly, this is all bullshit in the side. Like, if somebody presented me an opportunity to work with somebody that I felt like I would have a I could have a decent match with. I mean, I'm like Chris Jericho in a sense that. I can put the boots back on and pretty much work with anybody like at any time. And I can still be as good once as I ever was. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I know I could, I mean, I mean, maybe I couldn't do all the high flying stuff that, that I had to do before, but I could still do some of it and I could still tell the, the same like psychology that I could before. Right. But that's a good question though. And I appreciate that. Well, after Bob Ortiz runs down the stars that are going to be at the November to Remember show that we're discussing. He's got a question? Bob Ortiz has a question? <laughs> I'm sure Bob Ortiz doesn't even know this show exists. I'm not even sure <laughs> Bob Ortiz exists. What's that? There's no way dead. Bob Ortiz is still alive. This is 30 years ago. I think he's still probably fucking alive. He's dead. Uh, <laughs> after after he throws out hats to the crowd, um, we have a, a a jabroni playing the national anthem on a on a guitar. And um, do you know who that was, Chad? Any idea? Yeah, he was the um, the music guy. Uh, I dude, I knew you were gonna, I knew you were gonna bring this up, and I thought about it, like. Up on that stage, I mean, you do know there's a stage up there, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And it used to be like they would have a curtain, kind of curtain it off, and behind it would be the DJ, like the guy who's playing, you know, the ring music guy. I mean, I hate to call him the DJ when it's not like, you know, he's not fucking kidding play over there. He's just playing, you know, Frankenstein. It's not Fat Boy Slim. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, he, you know, he's up there, and... uh I don't know. I mean, I guess nine one one had choke slammed everybody and their parents and neighbors and shit. Like, and they thought that it would be a good idea because if I don't know, I don't know where they got it. But all I know was it was somebody else that got choke slammed besides me. It wasn't the commentator guy from the fucking beginning of ECW, was it? Or was this no? This was this was the guy who basically connects the cables, like the plug in the the audio shit like he's the audio guy that's who that guy was and 
as long as I've ever been there, he's been the only guy that I've ever seen do that. So, it, I mean, he must either work for cheap or Paul's checks don't bounce for everybody. Right. <laughs> um, well, 911 and Paulie come out and uh, 911 choke slams the, uh, the dude. Paulie starts playing the guitar, which I thought was funny. And then... I think Polly got a little pissed because his microphone wasn't working. It, it yeah, he didn't, he, he didn't get his line in. He had a big line. It didn't work because they fucked up the mic. What was the line? You couldn't make it out? No, I didn't hear what he what he said into the mic. Well, because he, he was trying to talk into the microphone and it wasn't working. Um, I, so I didn't hear what he said. And then I, I did hear him start yelling at Matt Radico. Matt, my mic's not, the mic's not working. The mic's not working. Um, but other oh, than that, I don't... Name, right? That's all right. So there's Matt Radico and then there's Bob and Rocky Ortiz. All right, I know now I know who you're talking about. So they go to the ringside, and of course, 911 chases Bob and Rocky around. Bob, like a smart man, disappears, and Rocky winds up in the ring with 911 and eats a couple of choke slams for his trouble. I mean, what'd you think of the choke slams? I think for a guy who probably isn't a bumper, it wasn't terrible. And and the crowd was into it. I mean, you got to give it, you know, you got to, you got to give the devil its due. The crowd was into it. They still haven't, they still haven't gotten over the nine one one thing. Well, that's because that's because they did the right thing and they just didn't have him choke slam wrestlers, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It could have been, it could have been the simplest repeat, you know, rinse through, repeat again with me, Donnie, whatever, JT. I don't know any of the guys, but they, Paul was just like, dude, we just got to have him choke slaying some other people. Yeah, something out and, of the ordinary. To and it's exciting. Attention. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, who who is more well known than like Bob and Rocky? You know, the Artezes or whoever the hell they fucking choke slammed. Well, after that segment, which Aaron, what did you think of that as a starter for the show? Well, it, it started out the show great, and um, if if it was just like a show that you were watching at the beginning of it, and you didn't see any of it before that, it got the crowd hyped. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if it was just something that you would see on TV, it comes in and the, the crowd's like hyped and jacked and super excited, so if they wanted to use this going into the show next week, it's like they, they come in the, it, it was kind of like a, it was like the equivalent of like a dark match. You know? Right. Oh, like, like a glorified yeah. dark match. Yeah. It got the people amped up and they're excited and, and so it was, it was almost like, this is something that you're going to see, but we're not necessarily, we didn't necessarily want you to see this. Yeah. And since you are seeing it, it's special. Right. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. The opening match for the show, Hack Myers versus JT Smith. We haven't seen JT in a while, but he's back in action here in ECW. JT was, he looked good, man. Like, he looked jacked. Like, he, he looked in the best shape that I've seen JT Smith look in the entire time that he's been in ECW. 
Dude, I thought I thought JT came back um, that last time prior to this one, like that you only saw him like once or twice. That I thought he looked good, but and he just he he just looked he looked better tonight too. Like I agree with you, Nate or Aaron. Yeah, like he looked jacked tonight on this show. He looked good, and him and Hack have a good little opener here. The JT wins with a Northern Lights suplex. I mean, I don't have a lot of notes on the match itself, but it was a decent opener for the show, you know. And it was. A, <coughs> well, I mean, it was a, sorry, Chad. Go ahead. Of course. I mean, how are you gonna um, how are you gonna like discredit that? Like, if if you were gonna book like a no, it's outside, Jeff. If you were gonna book like a opening match for a, a halfway decent show, like, isn't that a great way to start? Yeah, it was two guys that um, don't have a lot going on. They don't but the ECW crowd loves crowd them. Likes, likes them. That's why that's in my notes. Like these are two homegrown guys that the ECW crowd likes, and they're gonna not shit on them either way. You know what I mean? Right. Of course. Yeah. That's what I I thought was pretty cool. Is like that. I mean, that's that's one thing I liked about ECW is they they allow. Like they allow people to get over, like that aren't, you know, inside inside the bubble kind of. You know what I mean? Right. But here you go. They're more they're they're welcoming of um of outside talent. Yeah, and letting the crowd letting the crowd, and that's why that's why that's one of the reasons ECW had such a hardcore fan base. They were willing to let the crowd dictate who was over. You know, they weren't they weren't telling you the story. I mean, they were telling you the story, but. If the crowd caught on to somebody, they weren't going to be like, well, fuck the crowd. We're not going to listen to them. Yeah. I mean, um, oh, have we have we even gotten to Tully and Bobby and Arn yet? Bobby and Arn, yes, but not Tully. Oh, we haven't got to that? No. Because that was some, like, like all that shit was some super, like, secretive, like, nonsense stuff. And I can't believe how Paul did it. I, I couldn't believe how Paul did all that shit. But yeah, these um, like these shows are really starting to get. Uh, we're really starting to see like a whole entire different, like booking direction, mm-hmm. and and a lot of the a lot of the evidence is starting to become real apparent because this is you know we're we're at, we're at a couple months past the, the uh, Todd Gordon run. And we're in the Paul Lee making things happen. So you were, we're going to start seeing all them guys that Paul Lee wants to have happen, happen. Right. Well, like I said, JT wins this match with the Northern Lights suplex. These two guys brawl up the aisle to end, which <laughs> seems to be a trend during the show a lot of the time. That's how we... Well, well, yeah, but that's also a cool aspect of what Paul eventually does with ECW, that there's no... Um, there's no breather in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just, it's just constant, constant motion. So, I mean, what, what you're also saying is also a, could be a negative thing on the, on the uh, product. When you say it's not giving it time to breathe because uh, a lot of times the biggest problem with the WWE or even AEW, I should say that more more or less AEW is they don't give their angles time to breathe. Mm-hmm. As soon as they do them, boom, gone on. 
to the next one. <laughs> Forget about Air Paris. <laughs> we're, we're moving on the fucking Frenchie Boom Boom, whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Silky Boom Boom. <laughs> Silky yeah. Boom Boom. Nice. <laughs> the next match on the show is Bad Breed against the Pitbulls in a tag team matchup. Um, Ian Rotten comes out looking clean shaven. And uh, with his mustache, yeah, with his mustache, <laughs> <a> fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, um, what did we think of this match, Aaron? Um, it starts with a brawl, and I think that, um, I thought it was a decent match, it seemed out of place just because it didn't really have any hype going into it. Um, Ian takes a superplex and does what Chad hates. The minute he takes a superplex, he pulls up his tights. Um, That's his gimmick. <laughs> yeah. Um, I understand the fact that probably the reason that Pitbull 2 didn't get bigger in his career is probably because of his extracurricular activities. But I, 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 I think if Pitbull 2 would have been clean headed and not had his problems. He would have been a bigger deal in the business. I think I don't, I'm not even think, I don't even think it's that that's the problem. I think it was other outside activities. I, I don't, I don't think it was more of the hand to hand on his part. You know what that means? Like he wasn't the actual deliverer guy. Hmm. He was the, the, the distributor guy. The middleman. Mm. El Jefe. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> All right. Well, he's he's sitting at his desk. <laughs> like Scarface. But, like to me, like, but, yeah, but to me, honestly, and, and, and you guys say what you want to say. Like, I think fucking Anthony Durante looked out of all of the ECW guys, like the, like if I'm looking at a promotion as a mainstream guy, looking at all these people right now, it's like, Jesus Christ, I could do something with this guy. You know what I, I know, mean? Right. How, how, what, what company wouldn't. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's always been a surprise to me because they had both of those guys had a dark match. They wrestled a dark tryout match at the survivor series, 1995. And how they never got hired by the WWF, I don't, I don't get it. Because you would think as, Vince as McMahon, tag team. yeah, as, and you would think Vince McMahon would take one look at those guys, and they would be on his short list, you know. But no, I, I think he would be. They would be on his high list, but the whole entire time he's looking right past Gary, and he's going right to Anthony. Anthony. Jesus yeah. Christ, like this guy is a fucking specimen. I mean, I, I can, I can already see him like. Like, like mapping it out. Anthony versus Michaels. You know, mm-hmm. Anthony versus. I don't. I'm not. I mean, I don't even want to say the word Austin. Could be me. Uh, but yeah, you know, Anthony against any of the top guys. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's a shame. Like they both just fucking came and went like like a candle in the wind. <laughs> Ryan Damon commented the original Pitbull couldn't cut a promo to save his life. No, no, he couldn't. 
He couldn't cut a promo with a knife. <laughs> that that guy, man, I don't give a shit how big the fucking the uh, sheet was that had the letters on it. It could have been an eye chart. It just failed. As the Pitbulls win this match with a super bomb, and then Bad Breed attacks the Pitbulls after the match with their chain with the chains and bloody up the Pitbulls. And um, that is that as far as that one goes. It was decent for what it was. Yeah, like, it wasn't that bad. Like, like Aaron said, you've got perpetual motion. You got another thing going into the right under the next match. There's action after the action. And, and yeah, this and- view, there's this wasn't like something that they were blowing off. This was actually a feud they're kicking off on the show. They were, they were trying to. I I just don't know where. Um, I just don't know if Axel and Ian, I mean, this is the God's honest truth. I just don't know if Axel and Ian could have garnered enough heat like to get behind it. And I don't know that Pitbulls were the number one guys to like try to carry that. You know what I mean? Like that kind of heat, right? Like, could they could they carry that position? And apparently, I don't think they did. And I don't think the bad breed because the bad breed was already on their last leg at this point. Anyway, let's be honest. I mean, it's, it's only what a couple months away before they break up. Yes, it's coming. The next match on the show is uh, unfortunately proof that. Uh, Matt Bourne didn't last very long in ECW. We've talked over the over few over about a month or so now about how great he was for his little stint, but it is over because this was originally, if you remember, billed as going to be Scorpio versus Bourne again. Instead, it's Scorpio versus the Roughneck, Mister Hughes. Of course, it is. <laughs> that was and actually I, I, that was in my notes. I was like, was I drunk and forgot that this was supposed to be? <laughs> All of a sudden, they just showed you a they just showed you a Cabrini College match <laughs> of Mister Hughes, and they just wanted you to be like, "Yeah, look, it's Mister Hughes, big, big I did, cat." I did put good job, Joey, for bringing up the Undertaker since Mister Hughes can't here. He did bring up yeah. Mister Hughes and the Undertaker. Did Joey? Uh, this match was. Um, I mean, it was what it was. It started out slow. Uh, Hughes dominated most of the match uh, with Scorpio kind of fighting from underneath. Um, so it was a, it was a you know, a big man versus, I'm not saying Scorpio is not a big man, but you know what I mean, versus the baby face and the baby face kind of fighting from underneath. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. No, it wasn't bad at all, man. I mean, th- these two guys were clearly some sort of friends, you know, outside of the business. So I'm sure they probably worked before somewhere down in probably, you know, Georgia, independent, you know, mm-hmm. they or camp all, they probably worked together before. And it was just another day for them, I guess, at the office. I, I, that's the way I looked at it. Uh, Curtis, Hughes, Curtis Hughes did pull off the leapfrog drop down arm drag. Like he pulled it off. Okay. And, um, <laughs> I I think this about Curtis Hughes, like he didn't he necessarily didn't work at all in the WWF. Like it didn't work when he was there. And in WCW it worked when he was like Luger's bodyguard or whatever, but um I think Pauly got the most you could get out of fucking Curtis Hughes and ECW. 
Like he worked in ECW. You know what I mean? Like the character. Mm-hmm. You're right. I agree. Yeah. I mean, totally. Like he didn't do anything. All he was was the the urn. That Facebook, little bodyguard. Facebook user. I don't know who you are because you didn't give him the. But Facebook user says I'll be at a show with Mister Hughes later this month. Remember this Facebook user. Hey, wake up. <laughs> yeah, he'll just fall asleep apparently. But yeah. why is is Mister Hughes dead? No. Nope. Oh, he's gonna be there. Yeah, somebody see has this diabetes medication. Diabetes. Well, Scorpio wins this match kind of with a uh, a splash out of nowhere for the win, and then Mister Hughes beats him up. After the match, Scorpio hits him with the kiss that don't miss and hits Hughes with the chair, and then they brawl to the back. Once again, brawl to the back. Like I said, it's kind of a trend during this show. That's how we get people out of the ring at November to remember. They brawl up the aisle to the back, but again, it's ECW. You know, it's it's something different. Mm. But like I said, I thought this was a decent outing by these guys. They they did a, they put on a fine little match here. It wasn't nothing offensive. And, you said uh, a fine little match. It was a it was a fine little match. Like, it like was you're a and like, boring. like you're a promoter, and you're like booking a show, and you're like, "That was a fine little match. <laughs> Good job, guys." It was Pat on the back. I got plenty of hot dogs over here. It was yeah, plotting I mean, and boring. Are Nathan's, you guys hungry? They're even Nathan's. It's. They're good. They're the good hot dogs. <laughs> you you want to go to the pay window? It's right over there. <laughs> it's, it's that big window where the guy, where the lady's shoving out like hot dogs and aluminum foil. That's the pay Patter- window. We got some Patterson hot dogs back there. Just so we Mitchellinis. Some Mitchellinis <laughs> back there. That's some Archie Mitchell. Archie Mitchellinis. Archie Mitchell. Mitchell, Mitchell Wieners back there. Oh, geez, oh, whiz. <laughs> not, not even 24 hours removed. <laughs> Up next, it's the Battle of the Tommies. Tommy Cairo versus Tommy Dreamer. Um... I will let Chad lead off. Oh, wait. Go ahead, Aaron. You skipped over the fact that WWE Network left in that Bob Ortiz told us that there were beverages at the left and beverages at the right and some merchandise right down here. Okay. They they forgot. They said that? Yeah. Well, I mean. Bob was still selling his shit. His brother got killed by nine one one, but he's still selling his merchandise. He's out, he's out there. You, you can stop by the merchandise stand. <laughs> don't forget, don't forget, my brother got just choke slammed, and he's in the hospital or one local our, medical facility. One of our viewers just commented: Archie Mitchell told me that he's going to bonsai drop Chad Austin. Oh, good lord! Some tells me it's not going to be like a head of lettuce. Yeah, it's like a tea bag. And, you know, me being formally removed from the uh, grocery business. <laughs> Fucking, I, yeah. Um, no, Archie Mitchell's not going to. He's talking about the trivia or like in general? I don't know. I, it's it's a vague, I'm assuming, during the trivia. 
Which that'll, that's going to be fun. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a doozy because I'm sure that this guy's a fucking nerd. <laughs> and he's going to know, like, how many times Shawn Michaels was Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> All right. What, what I mean, officially, how many times is Ric Flair the World Heavyweight <laughs> Champion? 27 times, Archie. 27 times. And that's, uh, just when Rus- that's just when Russo was booking. Technically, Antonio Noki won the championship in Anoki, uh, Japan once. Yeah, and he never gave it up. So He, cra- he crab walked out of the ring with the NWA yeah. championship. Theoretically, Antonio Anoki, I still recognize him as the NWA champion. Yeah, he never lost it. And don't get so, me started on Baba. Yeah. So Archie's like clamoring for like what I don't know Trevor Murdoch versus a Anoki match. Well, no, <laughs> Trevor Murdoch versus Antonio Anoki. <laughs> I, I don't even know who these guys, who the top guys are anywhere anymore. Because in, in my opinion, there's there's been a top guy in AEW for a while. Who is a top guy? Explain to me what a top guy is and what a top guy is supposed to be and what a top guy is not in the AEW. I have no idea. I, I mean, have no idea. R- Roman Reigns, top guy? Yes. Roman Reigns, okay. top guy. All right. Roman Reigns, um, Brock Lesnar, and Seth Rollins. Those are top the guys. Indep- the independent guy that's in AEW that does all the, all the MMA stuff. Daniel Garcia? Jerry Garcia, yeah. Jerry Garcia, Jerry Garcia, yeah. Uh, is that a top guy? I mean, do you see his name on the marquee at Madison Square Garden? You can go, Jerry. Well, I mean, is it Jerry Garcia? Um, Jerry Garcia. <laughs> I would, I, and I mean, this is this is gonna get this is gonna get totally shit on by you guys. I I would put I would say Miz is a top guy before Daniel Garcia is a top guy. Oh, Miz is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who, who's a who's a better guy to? I mean, besides a guy like me that knew their role, I knew my role everywhere I went, everywhere I I worked, and I did angles, and I knew what my role was, and it, it wasn't to outshine the guy that I was working with, right? Right. Like I'm working within a with amongst a team and a couple of other guys kind of thing. So I know I, I, I can't outshine the guy who's our our speaker. So I just knew my role. I could have. I mean, if I wanted to, I could have went into business for myself, but I ain't the big cat. Mate, <laughs> this might this might be dumb. And and Chatty can tell me if I'm dumb too. Like you brought up the Miz. I won't say like the Miz is the upper echelon of it. Like I wouldn't say, oh, the Miz is Ric Flair or whatever. To me, Miz in the wrestling business now is Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard then? Yeah, yeah. I can like, see that. like, like he's the equivalent of what Tully Blanchard was in the eighties. The it's it's Miz. Yeah, he was Orange Carry On. And he's the guy that is badass enough to 
get out of a situation when he needs to, and he talks shit. And he, like, he's like the chicken shit heel on it, but he's bad enough to get away when he needs to get away. You know what I mean? Does yes. that make sense? Yeah, I mean, that's, compl- that's the complete um, recipe for FTR's handbook of what they do. Like, if them guys didn't, didn't, if they don't just repeat Midnight Express matches without Jim Cornette, it's like, you know, <laughs> that's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that's wrong or anything. Yeah. But if they can, I mean, if they can do it, God bless them because it's great. Yeah, that's that's the way it's put. Yeah, if it's not broke, don't try to fix it. And so I'm trying to say it's like Miz, anybody that discounts Miz. You know what you're talking about with wrestling, because that dude, he's the he's the best heel in wrestling, in my opinion. Right so now, I, I have a note for this, and this is a legit question. I want to ask you, Chad. During this Tommy Tommy Cairo Tommy Dreamer match, something that I noticed, and and I guess then the rest of the show I noticed it. Okay, so there's a cameraman outside the ring, okay, and he's around ringside, and sometimes like during the. The Todd Gordon segment, he's in the ring. Does that camera actually work? Because they they have a cameraman outside the ring, supposedly shooting like the floor shots and stuff, but they never show us. Like when we see stuff happen on the floor, we just see it from that one camera. So does that camera even actually work, or is it just there for effect? Dude, I, 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 I wish I had an honest answer, but... The only thing that I can tell you is that we were always told to play to the hard camera. And the hard camera was up in the eagle's nest. Mm. So your guess could be, you know, clearly as good as mine. Was that really a camera? (laughs) Right, because we literally never see, like, the brawl goes out to to that right side of the ring. And you see the top of people's head. If they lift a chair up, you see the top of the chair. But that cameraman's standing there, but we never get a camera shot from that camera ever. So I just I just was curious about that. Yeah, I I, I don't have any idea, man. I mean, that's a, that's a great question. Maybe we should get Paul E on. <laughs> we'll see if he's got time next week. <laughs> right after talking smack. We can at least get Maddie on, I bet. He, yes, Mark, probably, I can see it's you. Paul E's probably taking over my job at Redner's. <laughs> like tomorrow I'll walk down there to get some creamer for my coffee and I'll go, hey, Paulie, why he's in dairy. I volley an idea on how to place the sour cream, sir. Yes. Um, <laughs> you rotate it by dates. Our, our top guy conversation, Ryan Damon commented, The Rock, Brock, Cena, Roman, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton. Jesus. That's the Rock. People. Who do you say? The Rock? The cops? The Rock. <laughs> the cops. <laughs> Who did he say? The Rock, Brock, Cena, Roman, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, and Randy Orton. Well, I mean that's that's clearly somebody that's just being generational, you know, and that's that's totally subjective because I wouldn't expect anybody who was born in in the, just say the eighties or you know, the nineties or whatever to, to tell you that when I was born in the Bruno era, you know, mm-hmm. I I mean, I can tell you that my mom had on the calendar, 
Bruno's birthday every year, like circle. Like it's Bruno's birthday. I'm just thinking, like, so what? Is it is it coming <laughs> over? Is it coming over for kielbasa? Did you make my cake, pal? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I didn't know we were having Bruno Sammartino over for dinner. <laughs> well, during this match, Dreamer and Cairo, they they uh, they start out, you know, goes outside the ring early. They brawl around, um, brawl into the crowd. Tommy introduces the cane in the match, but Dreamer gets to use it on Tommy Cairo, who blades a cane to the nuts. Um, he continues to beat on Cairo, and Cairo is deemed he cannot continue the match, and the referee says the match is over. What did you guys think of Dreamer versus Cairo here? It was fine, I thought. Yeah, me too. I thought it was fine. And and I still Cairo's funny as hell. Like when he's coming out to the ring and he's doing the blind guy thing and everything. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's yeah, he was still guy. doing that. I'm blind. I'm blind. Well, or when he did like the blind man cane, you know, with the like sweeping around the mat and yeah. into the and, referee. And even after the match, the ECW crowd was chanting "Pay your bills, pay your bills," and all that shit. Like at ECW crowd, dude. Good and, lord. This was um, the Wait first. Wait a minute. I had an Archie Mitchell joke here, too. Oh, I, I wanted to see. Did they have, did, did for some reason, why, um, did they show, like, a video a video game of the, of the arcade game Superstars? Like, in I, a package or something? I didn't see that. Oh, because I, I wrote, I wrote, I wanted to see Archie Mitchell in Superstars. Like, I don't know if that was the the game or on WWE. Was it an advertisement or something? I don't know, but I could just imagine Vision Man hyping the show. We have Doink the Clown, <laughs> Dumpster Josie, Archie Mitchell, Archie Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and dark, so but they must. Dark. They must have showed something for the programming on the on the Peacock, or I would have never wrote that down like that. The next matchup on the show, ECW oh, champion. Well, 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 oh, sorry, sorry. Right. All, all I was going to say on this was this was the, um, and I know I've said a, a couple times watching the show that we're getting more into. Um, ECW becoming ECW, but this was really the ECW getting ECW. You know what I mean? Like it was like them brawling around the ring, the Cairo doing the ah my ah, you know all this shit. It, it, it was the the more you watch it and dissect it, it's getting more into seeing the fingerprints of Paul Heyman on it. Yeah, just like Chad alluded to earlier, you can tell Polly pretty much has the book at this point now. There's no yeah. doubt about it. The next matchup is Shane Douglas, the ECW champion against Ron Simmons. Um, <clears throat> funny that Ron Simmons healed on the crowd. Um, so we really don't have a baby face in the match. I thought that was weird. But uh, well, he didn't. He didn't heal in the crowd. The crowd healed on him. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, the, the crowd healed on him, didn't they? I know they did after he said Philly was a dump or whatever. I mean, he was well, kind of going uh, off what, on Philadelphia. I mean, what do you, I mean, I mean he, what do you think he's going to come out to a, a, a glowing review? I think he worked uh, the room. I think yeah. Brown worked the room. Philly's a dump. Yay! I don't think that was going to happen. I think Ron was a pro, and he worked the room, and he understood these people don't like me, so fuck it. I'm just going to go with it. Right, of course. And I mean, and Ron Simmons has been around, at this point, he's been around for a solid 10 years. 94, 94. Did he start in 85? I mean, I guess you could technically say that. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, nine years at this point. And he's been the top guy in WCW at one point. Um, right, wait, is that our listeners in the background? Ch- Archie Mitchell's here. He's commenting. Is Chad being filmed on the ECW fan cam? All I hear is crickets. <laughs> That's Aaron's. That's an Aaron's. Those, are my, those are my fans. <laughs> they call me Buddy Holly. Aaron, what did you think of the Douglas-Ron Simmons match? Your commentary on this? It was lackluster. I didn't enjoy it. I just I just think it was just... They, they didn't work well together in this match, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, there was a lot of chemistry issues, and, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do when you don't have, you know... Mm-hmm. Well, the man, when, the, when the guys never touch when, when the guys well, have never touched that's exactly what I was going to say you went into this match cold we haven't, see, we haven't seen Ron Simmons on TV leading up to the match we haven't seen them have any interaction whatsoever leading up to the match so you're going in cold with the fans having nothing, nothing to be invested in as far as the match goes um, and Douglas essentially wins with a crucifix Hits Simmons at the belt after the match. Two Cold Scorpio comes out to help Ron Simmons. They beat up Shane Douglas and uh, make their exit from the ring. I know during the match, Joey had to mention all of the people that are not wrestling for ECW that have not answered Shane Douglas's challenge. So that was a thing. Um, but yeah, I agree with you guys. Overall, lackluster. Yeah, not- I mean... It just, I mean, there, there was no, there was no meat on the bone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like a, you, kind of like you alluded to, Chad, they gave us no reason in the weeks leading up to the match to give a shit. You know, <laughs> right? I mean, they didn't. Maybe I don't even not, think maybe it's not even their fault. They just didn't have the resources. You know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I mean, if you think about it, I don't think on the, the three TV shows leading up to the event, because I remember the first show, when we first announced November to remember, they announced that match. But in the preceding shows, I don't even think they've even mentioned it. You know, I kind of forgot Douglas was even on this card until I watched it. So um, up next, it is the Sandman Retirement Ceremony. Good Lord. Sandman comes to the ring with Todd Gordon. He's got the he's got the shades on. He's got his eyes um 
bandaged up and um, Todd, Todd Gordon and Joey Styles both act, act choked up. The Sandman is going to retire here from the ECW. Um, and the crowd just went banana. <laughs> I mean, they just they just bought this hook, line, and stinker. I mean, hook, hook, I... hook, hook, line, and stinker, yep. <laughs> what can I say, dude? The crowd just was like, there's just no chance. This is... I mean, Archie... Sandman showed up in his church suit. He's all whatever. He's all whatever. Thank you for your astute observation, observation, Mr. Maxson. You had had enough juice to come up with a punchline of that he showed up in his suit. (laughs) And then you went nowhere with that one. (laughs) <laughs> he, he, yeah, he showed up in his suit. <laughs> Come on, Aaron. I thought you were the comedic relief. You got a poop. <laughs> Archie Mitchell says Aaron Maxson look like he's looks like he's filming an episode of Paranormal Activity. Yeah, and I, I'm the I'm the ghost. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 walking around here like. I don't know. Is this even happening? <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I, I guess the whole entire thing I take away from anything that the Ron Simmons that Ron Simmons is doing did has done there. Uh, I mean, the only note that I really made was he he looks like he doesn't even belong there. Yeah, like yeah, he's looks- completely in a different league than the rest of the guys are. Mm-hmm. You know. He looks professional. It's not. It's not saying that like Taz, Shane, you know, et cetera, et cetera, don't look professional. But Ron Simmons looks like he had been somewhere. Right. Yes. He looks like a star. Yes. All right. That's the word you want to say. That's the, you can use that. Um, during the Sandman promo, he talks about Tommy Cairo, Tommy Dreamer, Nancy. I love the fact that he said, "I lost my broad." He kept saying, "I lost my broad." Um. And he's talking, obviously, about losing Peaches. And then Peaches reemerges on ECW with new tits. And <laughs> here she comes out to speak to Sandman. With new tits. <laughs> Here's my new tits. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, fresh fruits. She's got some fresh fruits. <laughs> does Peaches. And, um, All right. So so how do, you, how do you think that worked? Um. Who do you think paid for them? <laughs> Not Tommy Cairo. <laughs> I mean, because how long was Peaches there afterwards? Uh, I'll wait. Probably, uh, Bob Ortiz. Bob Ortiz. <laughs> Bob Ortiz <laughs> paid for Peaches' tits. <laughs> what, then why wasn't that an ankle? <laughs> I'm the one that paid for these titties <laughs> at the ECW. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have beverages over there, beverages over there, and Peach's new titties Peach's right titties down, here. down here. And look at these titties. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in the corner to my left, these titties. <laughs> like Sam, man, don't even get an introduction. 
<laughs> after these titties and this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these titties. And this guy. And this guy. And this boob. <laughs> yeah. Look at these titties and this boob. The titties and the boob. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got the name of this show. <laughs> well, the segment goes down as this is Sandman. He says he's sad that he lost Peaches. Woman comes out to talk about who her new protege is going to be. Well, and remember, she came... remember oh, Peaches came out with um, her purchase titties by Bob Ortiz and fucking Sandman. And she was like telling Sandman, oh, you don't know how I look. And Sandman was like, I, I, I love you, Peaches, even if you were fat now. Yeah, no matter how much weight you gained. He no said matter, that? Yeah, he yes. said, no matter how much weight you gained, Peaches, I'll love you no matter what. Because you've gained so much weight. Yeah, it was funny. What? what? That's, <laughs> that's heel shit. I, I didn't. I, I, that was I didn't great. Sandman is healing this shit up. Fantastic. Yeah, but is he healing it up into the into the sense that he's going to be a baby face? For this, for this crowd, more than likely. I mean, <laughs> don't you don't you understand? You got Tommy Cairo talking about whatever you just said about Schmuckers, whatever the fuck. <laughs> he hasn't had his peaches and shit, and, <laughs> you know. And then, how would you expect a guy who's married to that lady, you know what I mean, to react? I mean, if somebody, I mean, clearly, if somebody talked about Jess to me, if I didn't know who they were, and I just thought it was just in jest, you know, or like making a comment, I go, yeah, that's funny. But uh, if they were like serious, I'd be like, dude, what's your deal? Right. <laughs> That's my fucking bit mean my my girl talking about. <laughs> well, like I said, woman comes out here, uh Kane's peaches, argues with the Sandman, and then Sandman takes out Todd Gordon. And of course we are the big reveal is the Sandman and Women were in cahoots this whole time. And uh Tom, when Tommy Dreamer comes out, Sandman canes the shit out of Tommy Dreamer. Nancy mocking Tommy was really funny, of course. And uh, But that's the segment, the, the retirement segment. It was all a ruse on Tommy Dreamer so they could beat him up again, pretty much. That's, that's great. They put that much time into that. <laughs> I mean, literally, you know, when the, when the horsemen were going to attack Dusty, like, we'll just get him when he comes to the studio. Right. Yeah, yeah. We're going to take a month and fool him. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a four-week plan. <laughs> to fool this idiot, Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> well, I really enjoy this angle. Um, um, I know it's like what you guys saying, like it's silly. It's like a like a, a weak angle or whatever. But this is the first, um, like Paul Heyman esque ECW angle 
like extreme wrestling angle that I remember. That's why I really like it. Yeah, you can totally say that. After that's over, we get uh, Joey on the stage, and he's going to interview Shane Douglas, who comes out. And, of course, he mentions Hogan, Flair. And he says he's on the phone, and, and he reveals that he is on the phone talking to Sensational Sherry, and that she is going to be accompanying him to the ring at the next event. He's going to be in a tag match. Ron Simmons and Too Cold will be his opponents, and he announces that his partner will be stunning Steve Austin. And the ECW people lose their shit. But Steve Austin is going to be Douglas's partner at the next show at the ECW Arena on November the 19th. And uh, that's the announcement. I'm surprised. Does Sherry actually show up for that? Does anybody know? Or do Sherry I have to wait shows up me? for it. Steve does not. Where was Steve? Steve doesn't show. It's Brian Pillman. Okay. Wow. Was the crowd disappointed? I don't I mean, think I was there. It would like if I remember right, they wanted Steve, but it didn't happen. And if I remember right, um, it winds up being Brian instead of Steve. There is involved in it, but it's it's not Steve. To me, it doesn't sound like it's. it's I mean, at that point in their careers, it doesn't sound like it's that much of a disappointment. I mean, to you. Nah, nah. I mean, it's Steve. You're talking about Steve Austin, what, 1994? And Brian Pillman, who's pretty much on the rise, right? Yeah, 94, Brian's a bigger star than Steve, honestly. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, they, all he did was just exchange one, you know, Mitchell for another. <laughs> The next match on the show is for the ECW TV title, and I had to look it up because the last time we watched a show, the ECW TV champion was Jason, and now it is Dean Malenko. Apparently, the night before this show, Two Cold Scorpio beat Jason for the TV title, and then Dean Malenko beat Two Cold Scorpio at the TV table. <coughs> the night before this is when the title changed hands, and now Dean Malenko is the champion against the Tasmaniac in a non-title match. Oh. That's just tremendous. Um, I don't think I have much notes on that at all. Did it, did it even happen? Essentially, Malenko wins by using a towel with um, with chloroform on it to knock out I don't, I don't even think my, my version of this show even showed this. I think well, my it, version... It was, it was pretty quick, so if you walked away to take a piss or something, you might have missed it. Yeah, I, it must have been because I, I remember Dean in the ring, and then I was like, all right, I'm going to walk in. And, I mean, the refrigerator is only eight feet away from the sofa. Right. Like, to go, you know, I was going to go grab a beer or whatever. And I come back, and I hear that it's over. And I was just like, well, do I rewind it? Or? See, no. I mean, Nate, that's why, I'm glad, that's why I'm glad you put that narrative in there because – Last I watched, fucking Jason was the TV champion, and he was, like, fucking it on his sleeper sofa or whatever. And then it's like, now Dean Malenko is a champion. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And Joey says this match is for the TV title. 
And then Bob Ortiz says it's not for the title. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I mean, what's that? The proverbial right hand don't know what the left hand. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And it's it's what I mean. The best you can the best you can do is Paul clean it up in post production the best that he could. Yeah, because that almost sounds to me like he didn't even know what he wanted to do. <laughs> I don't know. Just, yeah, just go out there. Just get out there. The most effective thing about this whole deal was um, after obviously Taz is quote unquote out cold because of the the chloroform. They do the smelling salts, and I love I loved him like just waking up and suplexing the referee like a madman. That was that was fun. But like I said, this was short and sweet, and I don't think this feud is over between Dimalenko and the Tasmaniac. Um, the next match, the Public Enemy and the Tag Team Champions, Mikey Whipwreck and Cactus Jack in the Brawl Game. Um, if you get your opponents, one of your opponents down for the 10 count, the bat gets introduced into the match, which they showed us the Brawl Game match. Between uh, Public Enemy and Bad Breed last week on the show that we kind of mocked, but I guess it served its purpose by explaining the rules to this one. Um, this was fun. This was a fun brawl. Yeah, I, I didn't even waste my time writing even any notes on this. <laughs> I, I just, I was like, this, it is what it is. And it's, I mean, Ian pulling up his trunks <laughs> for 10 minutes. <laughs> I can't believe Paul didn't. I can't believe Paul didn't bring it out there. Why don't you find some trunks that fit you? Yeah, especially with as much as like attention to detail, he is. You would think that something like well, that, that was Axel. That was all Axel's doing. Like, I, I know the lady that made that outfit from for them, and Axel's the one that designed it. But Ian just didn't wear it. Again. It's muffin top. You know, he's all he's all roughly in the middle. And it just didn't work for him. Like he get he gets slammed. Like I never I never thought about getting slammed in a in a street fight and I gotta pull up my pants. You know, I'm fighting a guy outside of a bar and the guy like grabs me and slams me. I go, Oh, hang on a sec. Oh my pull. ass is hanging out. Yeah. Yep, I gotta I gotta pull up my pants. It's just, it's just one, it's one of those things that just, it's as a wrestler, quote unquote worker, it's one of them things that just, um, it just gets to me. You know what I mean? Like, I hate that. Mm -hmm. You can do it at any other time, but not after you got superplexed or super bombed or whatever. whatever. It put through four tables, fire. Yeah, yeah. The, the first guess, thing you think of is putting your ass back in your shorts. Forget these third degree burns. Yeah, people can see my cheeks. Out. Yeah, this is Arch- a PG. Archie Mitchell says, "Chad Austin, you didn't wear pants." I didn't. I didn't wear underwear either. I don't know what he's trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, I, I went Aaron, to, is he trying to say I went to the show naked? Your wrestling ball is out. Aaron, your comments or notes on this uh, this match here? The the PE um, 
Mikey Whipwreck Cactus Jack um, base brawl match or whatever you want to call it. This one was really fucking good. I I liked it. They this was a ECW style match and saying they brought all over the arena. They pulled out everything. They went up into the Eagle's nest. They did all their shit. Um, They even injected a um, future feud between Sabu and um, public enemy because Stabu got mad when Rocco was going to use the tables and all that shit. I, I, I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, it was good, dude. It really was good. And, and, and it's kind of hard to get me to say anything positive about a public enemy match. But, I mean, the work was what it was. I'm not going to, you know, Aaron, even you will agree that it wasn't, the, it wasn't that it was the work that was so great. It was a spectacle. It was, it was the, the layout. It was yeah. It was this, the layout and the story of the match. Right, right, and that 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 makes that makes a bad tag team look halfway decent, and a good tag team look great. If you know, if you lay it out in that in that in that way, where they they could have done nothing for seventeen minutes, right, and then the last three minutes is the match. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to go 20 minutes. First 17 minutes, head scissors. You know, whatever. And then the last three minutes is when we're going to work. And that's that's good shit right there, man. That's that's knowing how to work. And they did, a, they did a great job with making sure that um, Cactus was as far away from Mikey. Mikey, yeah. As possible for him to get pinned and lose the match. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, of course. It t- it took Cactus like what thirty seconds to even realize that the match was even over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before right. he like he looks towards the ring and then he just runs like to the ring like what's going on? Well, fuck. <laughs> yeah. This, this little he's a this little motherfucker. <laughs> this was a well produced fucking brawl. It was it was almost like the um it, it wasn't as good as but it was almost like the um the Memphis concession stand brawl. Oof. That's a that's a tough one, pal. I know I, I'm not saying it was good as it as I'm not saying it was good as it, but it was the same principle. The same principle. It was good like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like Aaron said, Public Enemy pins pins Mikey, wins the tag team titles back. Then we have Todd Gordon come out to hype the next show. And he hypes that Sandman versus Dreamer with Tommy Cairo as the referee will take place. Cactus Jack comes out, puts over Mikey, but he says, Mikey's great, but he's not going to make it to the next show. <laughs> so, in other words, Mikey's going to be recouping. And Cactus announces that his partner against the public enemy at the next show is going to be Kevin Sullivan. I thought he was going to say Mad Dog Bud Sawyer. No, I thought he was going to say uh, Bugsy McGraw. 
Bugsy McMahon. That's what I was hoping for. But the hat. Bugsy, if Bugsy's in the ECW arena, he's got to wear the hat. Of course he, he said. Instead he said, I'm bringing in Dink. I mean, Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> Jesus, Oz. <laughs> or whatever whatever he was when he was the grand poobah. I don't know what the fuck he was. The last match and of the show. Parker, Tiger Jackson. Lil Louie. Oh, all right, Butch Cassidy. Is that where we're going now? Up next is a match that uh, they really had to improvise in this deal. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. There's a lot of improvising. Ten there. seconds in, Chris Benoit drops Sabu on his neck and breaks his fucking neck. It's awful. Um, and All like I said. Was, I thought the whole entire presentation was awful. I, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's the only what angle they caught was that one angle, which is the only one you really need. Right. But it seems like they just beat it into your head. Like, yes, we know. <laughs> Sabu got dropped on his head. Look at his neck crinkle. You know, and I was just like, all right, we get it. <laughs> He's the homicidal, genocidal, breath deteriorating, I don't know, whatever the fuck you to call him. Maniac. <laughs> Apparently he can't pass the fucking alcohol test at Redner's. <laughs> I know at the at the at this very moment though, um, there is there is as as this goes down, like I said, they are they uh, are really having to improvise. They have nine one one going to the ring with Benoit, but of course Benoit says I didn't sign to wrestle nine one one. Nine one one choke slams Benoit and. Kind of, I mean, pins him, but they, like I said, they're in they are in um, in panic mode at this point because your main event just ended in ten seconds because one of the guys got his neck broken. Um, they wind up setting two cold out to challenge Benoit, and they have a little match where they have a double count out, and that is pretty much how we end the show. But how else were you going to do it? Yeah, I mean, you, you got. You, what are you gonna do? You gotta. I mean, Sabu's obviously not gonna be able to continue. I mean, how many shows have we talked about in the past where the lights turned out, and it wasn't even it wasn't even on purpose. The lights just turned out. Like <laughs> there was a power ad, and Paulie just goes, "Everybody go to the ring." Like this was that kind of same thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just, <laughs> oh shit. Get out there. Let's make something happen. Yeah. To get these I people's mean, attention off the fact that shit just went sideways. I mean, Benoit and Sabu, I mean, people were... Wasn't it... Is it me or, or did Corluzo was the one that booked that match first? Right? I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, if I if I had my facts straight, I think Cornette... I mean, not Cornette. Corluzo booked that match about two days before they were booked at the ECW arena and I have it I'm sure I have it but I think that the guy doing the commentary said that that's the first time they've ever touched you know and I was Mm -hmm. like oh this should be good but it wasn't (laughs) 
and even even the bird watcher, my buddy the bird watcher, he even said that man, that first Sabu Benoit match was was kind of tough to watch, and you know, he watches everything like through a microscope. But this, I guess, mesh of styles, a poor mesh of styles, you know. Sabu's sloppy, Benoit isn't. Well, obviously, Benoit can be sloppy because he broke Sabu's fucking neck. But I'm just saying. Yeah, but I don't um, think that was I don't think that was Benoit's fault. Right. That's what yeah. I was going to ask. I didn't want to. Hold on, just a second before you say it, Aaron. Archie commented, "Chad should have replaced Sabu. Who'd Scorpio ever beat?" But okay. anyway, Aaron. <laughs> anyway, Chad, I was going to ask in that situation watching that move was that um, Chris's fault or was that Sabu's fault? It was Sabu's fault. I think in, in my personal opinion um, I think Sabu was trying to take like a unique bump because that that's one of the things that I've learned from like Sabu uh, like not actually like stole directly from him but I kind of learned like when somebody gives you a backdrop I've never agreed that everybody should land the same way on the backdrop. And I always try to like land on my head or, or, you know, pseudo land on my head. You know what I mean? Like make it look like you land on your head kind of thing. And I think, I think Sabu, I think Sabu and and, uh, Benoit tried to do the same thing. And that, it it wasn't good, but put it that way. That that neck, you know, oof. Yeah, that was not good. And and that's what, what I like thought. Dalton? They got going over there. Uh, this is that's the way I always thought about it when I watched it. Was like I don't think it was. I never. And now that you said it was Sabu, I just when I watch it, it's like once Benoit released him. It was just like, well, you're in on your own now. Yeah, you're on your own, buddy. Yeah. And then, anyway, like I just said, Sabu's always been known for, he likes to take them little fucking, you know, sideways bumps. And that's great. I, I appreciate that because that's what I took from him. You, like I said, you just don't, you don't take every bump the same way or don't look routine. And he never did it. But yeah, he just did the wrong thing at the wrong time against the wrong guy. <laughs> I guess. Well, overall, guys, what do we give as a grade? I guess we'll go with grade for November to remember nineteen ninety four. Oof, uh, it's got to still be in the C range, right? Yeah, I'd give it a C minus. Yeah, I mean. Somewhere around the C, yeah. I just, I actually did give it a C plus. So we're in. The, we're all. In the, it sounds like we're all on the same page. I like Shane. Know. I liked Ron Simmons. Um, a, it's a little the best, bit. It's the, it's the best you're going to get out of Public Enemy. You know what they Oof. did. Well, that's. I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm just saying. You know, if you're if it's shining a turd, it's the shiniest of the turd you're going to get. Yeah, you ain't kidding. <laughs> I like this, I like this show out of the fact that this was the the first, in my opinion, this is the first 
ECW show that we've watched that I can tell was like completely Paul Heyman having his hands on it. Yeah, I, I that that could be like um that could be a good point because I'm sure that leading up to this there was like the TVs that you, you haven't even seen yet, right? Mm-hmm. And what well, that would have been like Saturday afternoon or or maybe the next day Sunday, and then the big show was on Saturday night. So yeah, I could, I could totally see that if this was Paul's fingerprints completely on the product and he stripped it all down. And started all over again. Was Rock and Rebel on it? Nope. nope. Was Tony Stetson on it? Nope. Nope. Okay. There we go. Now we're now we're talking about change. And you can't tell me that fucking Sabu busting his neck at the end of this show wasn't Paul Heyman just you know like all right let's do this let's do this let's do this like you know what I mean like that was him pushing people out there. You know what I mean? This was, this was a complete Paul Heyman pushed show. In my of course it was. Yeah. I mean, that's the way Paul ran that shit. He, he don't give a shit what you just saw 13 seconds ago. Yeah. He wants you to remember what you just saw right now. On to the next thing. Yep. And then it's after you just saw that, then we're, we're going to send out 911. And then after you just saw that, we're going to send out, I don't know, public enemy. You know, we're just going to just keep sending them out there. And then all you're going to do is just keep popping. And we're not going to give you enough time to shit on it. Yeah. That that seemed to be like the the recipe for success for Paul is don't give them enough time to shit on this. <laughs> no matter how good or how awful it was, it's on to the next thought. Just go. Keep moving. Dude, Hack Myers, how long is your entrance? It's like a minute and a half. Can you <laughs> can you do it in 60? Right. And it's like, what do you mean? Can you get in and get the fuck out in 60 seconds? Yeah, I mean that's but that's that's a recipe that works on live television even to this day, right? Yes. Like they don't they don't want you to you know, remember the old Monday Night Raw Manhattan Centers, like Tatanka, like Razor Ramon, like the Bush, the Bushwhackers versus the Repo Man and Damian Demento yeah. for twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, and, and then how did that work out for them? <laughs> Steve Steve Lombardi painted like a baseball. Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. Abe, that's it. That's Abe it. Schwartz. I couldn't remember Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. That's it. Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. That's why I'm going to beat Archie Mitchell in the fucking trivia game. Because <laughs> I know more about Mike Boyette and Steve Cox. Boy, do Steve, I know a lot about Steve, Steve Cox. Do it. Steve, do it, do it to do it, Cox. I got, some, I got some videotape that he might want to see. I, I'm not even sure he's aware of it. A hotel <laughs> room in Tulsa. He's not doing it to it, is he? Oh, I... <laughs> Doing it to someone. <laughs> I'm not sure their. I'm not sure their age. Jesus. I, I don't think probably, their mom appreciated it. It's probably peaches. Not, yeah, right. <laughs> like pre pre implants. Sandman's pimping out fucking peaches to Steve Cox. 
It's unbelievable. Pay your bills, Steve. Do it to it, cock. <laughs> you think you can do it to it? You gotta pay Tw- your bills. Twenty dollars. Oh, good lord! Twenty dollars. That wouldn't even put fucking five gallons of gas in that piece of shit car that Sandman drives. That big ass dumb van that he probably lives in. Pay your bills, Fritz von Eric. <laughs> what? <laughs> who whoever accused Fritz von Eric of not paying his bills? I've never heard Lance. that. Lance? <laughs> or or was that Don Owens? <laughs> like speaking through Lance. I don't think that guy Fritz von Eric paid his bills. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to allow all the kids in for free tonight. <laughs> right here. Whenever that's, a Fr- of, that's a good way of making money. Um, whenever, whenever Fritz couldn't pay his bills, he just used the death of one of his children as a distraction. Dude, so, people, yeah. so people would forget. He, he brought Lance in because he was like, I'm running out of kids to die. Yeah, Chad <laughs> on Eric. Fritz was the originator of the GoFundMe. <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't even before the internet. GoFundMe Franz Eric. <laughs> Go Fritz me. Yeah, Go pretty much. Me. Like help me. I got twenty five illegitimate kids that I haven't even figured out who what their real names are yet. And they won't stop dying yeah. in their thirties. Well, they're, I mean, all missing, a, they're all missing their right feet and they look like cavemen. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with these kids. And I taught them all personally how to drive motorcycles. <laughs> Drunk. And they keep crashing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah I mean, don't you know how to wear a helmet and then roll? <laughs> After you crash, you just roll? Tuck and roll, you fucking morons. Marks. <laughs> Tuck and roll, Mark. Mark, Mark Von Eric. All right, everybody. Mark wanna, Von Eric. want to thank you all for joining us this week on Reliving the Extreme. Thank you for the listeners. Mark, Mark Von Eric. Thank you. He has no feet and no idea what's going on. And he rides the unicycle with his hands. He just comes in on one of those big bicycles, you know, with like the big wheel on it. The big wheel in the front, the small wheel in the back. Yeah. That's That's my favorite bicycle. That's Mark Von Erich. He just comes rolling. (laughs) Listen, this is, this is new shit about (laughs) 25 years ago, maybe even 30 years ago. Me and my buddy were working at this job together. It was a shitty job. And we had to put on these old shoes to go in because they were going to get like destroyed because it was like a seafood place. And we were putting the shoes on and we just both happened to look in the rear view mirror. And there was a guy riding across the parking lot with one of them big bicycles. <laughs> and, and Scotty goes, did you see that? I go, you talking about the big wheel bicycle? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> he goes, Yeah. And then I was like, I saw it. And then we we turned around and looked, and it was like he had the big mustache and everything. 
Like, we were like, this is like amazing. That was Mark Von Eric. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> he was heading to the next show. <laughs> oh, good lord. Head to the Sportatorium. <laughs> Mark Von Eric. <laughs> he, was, he was at the Water Sportatorium. <laughs> Oh, shit. Aaron, any parting words for our listeners? Ugh. No. All right. <laughs> Chad? Yeah, just uh, happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's got to be some Jewish thing going on. Somewhere. Actually, actually, hold on. I saw this thing today. For, the, for those that celebrate... Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard August eighth? So it is the uh, it, not the anniversary, but uh, for those that celebrate, say the week anniversary, August eighth, two thousand four, over the Kinsey Street Bridge in Chicago, Illinois, a tour bus belonging to the Dave Matthews Band dumped an <laughs> dumped an estimated eight hundred pounds of human oh, waste heard about this. from the bus's septic tank. Onto a passenger sightseeing boat on the Chicago <laughs> River. That was Hello. a couple years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, August 2004. Yeah, yeah. But for, for those that celebrate, that can be our holiday. The Dave Matthews <laughs> Band Chicago River Incident. The, the Dave just, Matthews Day of Decadence. So they just, <laughs> they just dump their music on people? Shut yeah. up. They're a great band. But anyway... They dumped 800 pounds of shit on a tourist boat in Chicago. Dude, have you ever have you ever seen have you ever seen one of them trucks like unload that shit? Yes, <laughs> dude, that one valve is a, a big deal. You you unload that valve, you know, it's a shit storm. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it, it just comes running out, and you're just like, oh my god. Oh. All right. Anyway, thank you for joining us this week. Thank you for joining so us in podcast August, form. August on August tenth, two thousand what? August eighth, two thousand four. Let me sign off. August, August eighth. Thank, thank we you. Didn't have any guests. We didn't have any like questions or music on the people's music. Just comments on the Facebook. Thank you for those of us that those of you that watched us live. Thank you for those of us listening to the podcast. Those of you, those of us. Yeah, we're the only ones that listen anyway. But thanks for joining us, everybody, on Reliving the Extreme. We'll see you next week. And the next week, I think our, our, our homework for this week is to come up with more fictional Von Eric sons. But we'll see you next week on Reliving the Extreme. Hot dog everybody. Von Eric. <laughs> and his A tag team player. partner, Handshake Von Eric. Yeah.